Today on Inside the Ropes, a special look back on a very special New South Wales Open. We chat with the winner, Bryden McPherson. We catch up with Rachel Bailey, a coach to a rising star. And there's so much more going on in the world of golf. Let's go. You're listening to Inside the Ropes, Australia's must-listen-to golf show with exclusive content from both home and abroad. Subscribe now through your favourite podcast app. G'day, everybody. Welcome to the show. It is Inside the Ropes, episode number 201. On our way to 300, Mark Hayes. Lovely to be here with you, my friend. Thank you for having me back, Andy. I just wanted to say thanks for um, doing the, the big milestone episode last week with Ali and, and the chief executives and Kari. Oh, I was very nervous. It was a very nervous. It felt like a very serious <laughs> addition. Far too serious for the likes of me to be involved in. It didn't have the sort of levity. Oh, I was nervous, mate. Particularly the two... See, I was in here sitting with us, had to sit up straight and behave myself. I had an iron shirt. I felt I felt completely ill prepared. Have you got an iron? Well, yeah, it's in the house somewhere. I don't know where it is. Stacey Peters is here, uh, looking magnificent Thank in you. Uh, her ever evolving frame that is uh, her new world order. Thank you. Thanks, Murray. It's excited to be back. Exciting to be back in the chair. Well, it's exciting to have you back in your chair with your little friend in there. So uh, It's really we, coming along. We can't wait to meet that little person. Thank you. Um, big week. Brian McPherson's going to join us. He's been a regular um, friend of the show. Well, part of the pod, really. Mm. Brian McPherson has taken us on the journey with him. And look, it's it's getting to exciting places. We're getting to a lovely little – I know the world's in a state of flux at the moment in terms of golf, in terms of sport, and in terms of life for a lot of people – um, outside of our borders and even within our own, to be honest. But um, he's he's putting himself in a position, once we start to free up, he's going to be in a position to take it on again, I reckon. Well, Stace is going to, I think, given a chance, put a few numbers to him about what he's done mm. um, in this summer. But we were fortunate enough to talk to him when he'd had a, you know, a, a modicum of success belting around the back blocks of China a couple of years ago yep. as part of the podcast. and. It's a long way from, you know, the the back blocks of the, I don't know, the Zhuzhou Classic or something. It, it's it's so far removed from um, the conscience of Australian golf fans. Mm. But when you put together a string of golf that he has in 2021 on the Australian PGA Tour, it's been monumental. And, and the rise up the world rankings from absolute obscurity, like well into the thousands um, to where he is now, which is under the 300, mm. it's been extraordinary. Um, there's a lot of extraordinary things that I, we want to talk about out of the New South Wales Open in particular. Yeah. Um, but, you know, from him to frank everything that he's been doing mentally for the for the longest time and have it all pay off in spades here has been fun to watch. Yeah, I think oh, it's going to yeah. be exciting to have him on. And, you, you know, I think uh, we all know he doesn't mind a chat. So <laughs> I'm sure anything we ask, he'll dive quite deep into it. So I'm, I'm looking have, forward to it. Yeah, so am I. I'm, let's have a look at that, Hazy World rankings and um this is not the deepest point that he dived to but he was in the 1260s back in 2017 and this was after one of his reasonable performances over in China so you're back in 2017 he's finished tied for 10th at the Hainan Open now that was an open one by Eric Van Royen who's now world class you know mm-hmm. so you can see it's it's worth every now and again going back and just clicking on some of these performances to see who the players were that he was around, but he finished tight 10. This is one of his better, from an official World Golf Rankings perspective, one of his, in fact, they rank it his 12th best career performance. After that, he was, uh, I've got it, it was somewhere, it was it was 12, 
1,276th ranked player in the world. Hmm. Now, and that was through a good patch he'd had. Yeah, in that, China. that was after a good result. Yeah. So, yeah. so presumably, well, no, not presumably. In fact, before that event, he was in deeper rankings yeah. territory than that. So, yeah, um, this has been a given where he was in his college days when he played in a super team in Georgia, and a lot of those guys that he played with there have gone on to become, you know, well, well winners on the PGA Tour. Uh, Harris English, uh, you, you, can you remember the names of the guys he played? It was a good squad that he played with. Yet, no, I won't put you under the pressure, under the pump, but I think several players that he played with and was, you know, as good as yeah. in the college days. Of yeah. No reason to suggest that he can't get back there, just a more circuitous route. So we'll have a chat to him about all of that. Yeah, well, I think it us. just really shows the resilience that he has showed over the last, what, however many mm. years since those points, I guess. I mean, it takes a a lot of ticker, I think, to keep going and keep pushing does. like he has and change coaches and work as hard as he does, I think. I think and this summer has just showed it what it what can come from it. Yeah. Couldn't happen to a nicer guy either. Mm. No, he's good listening to him. and I think anyone who listens to this show, you know, semi regularly or regularly will enjoy listening to him then and hopefully they'll enjoy listening to him now. So so Andy, I had the good fortune you did. Uh, to, to attend the New South Wales Open. There's several things I don't, if you don't mind, I want to put on the table here. I just want to congratulate um, well, several aspects of this. Golf New South Wales were unbelievable, absolutely outstanding in, in getting that tournament. It was elite. It was really, really impressively done. Um, full credit to them and the way they attracted um, Golf Challenge as a sponsor and, and, and engaged them. And I think that They've already committed to another two years at back at Concord, right? Which is fantastic because it's a brilliant course. Um, but and no, I'm not running down the courses that are further out towards the mountains out in the west there at all in any sense. But the, the closer it is to the city of Sydney, um, you know, and, and it's almost smack bang in the middle of the, I guess, geographical centre of Sydney where it is. Uh, I think it just generates a bit more uh, enthusiasm mm. for a crowd. You know, it's only X distance from my house. I'm going to go. The crowds there on Sunday were epic. Fantastic. It looked amazing, didn't it? Yeah, it really did. Yeah. Which brings me neatly to the second point. Uh, PGA TV has been, and we've joined here, Andy, by, you know, one of the the rising stars. Key components of the PGA TV setup. Um, (laughs) You do a great job, Stace. Thank you. Thank you, Mari. I learn it all from you. (laughs) you But it's been um, really pleasurable from the TPS at uh, Rosebud yep. through um, the Bonnie Doon one, through Pelican Waters and now at Concord to see the great domestic tour get its chance to shine back mm. on our television screens. Mm. I know not everyone's got KO and Fox Sports, but next summer, if this continues, and it will, it's thriving, to be a, a, a regular on KO, I encourage everyone just to let, you know, just, Drop your 25, even if it's for one month to watch it. It's worthwhile, and, and here's why. So many people are crawling out of the woodwork because they now are talking about the tour, and they want to get involved with it. You know, the players want to be there. The money goes up, the sponsorship, the crowds. It's all sort of self-fulfilling, if that mm, makes sense. Mm, mm. And I really want to congratulate the PGA on what they've done there um, because that was a really fun tournament to be at. And, I'm, and I know the other three that I didn't get to attend were equally as well thought of. Mm. So congrats to all. Um, golf New South Wales was epic. And sorry, the Concord Golf Club, Andy, 400 mils of rain Incredible. they had in Incredible. the 10 days leading up. 
Um, I've got another stat I'll talk to you about later, perhaps of other clubs that have copped it. But uh, I arrived at Concord on Tuesday and thinking I need to do a story with the superintendent, who's Chris Howe, his name is. But I think he's going to be too busy. I'll try him. I called him. He goes, yeah, mate, I'll come up. I'll talk to you. No worries. How long do you need? Da, da, da. He was very relaxed, very composed. It, there were rivers running across his fairways still. It was still raining. Yeah. He goes, all I'm going to need is five hours of no rain and we'll be fine. They were mowing the greens already. God. There's 69 bunkers. He said six of them needed a tiny little patch job. 63 of them were rake and go. After four, Think about that at your course if you're not on a sand belt somewhere. Yeah. Raking and going on 400 mils of rain. Unbelievable. No, incredible. Some of the pictures I saw from Monday, Tuesday, like it's like this, can this event happen? Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> and then to see... Um, the mowers back out on the course uh, on Friday afternoon, I think I saw them, um, three days after, you know, just yeah, biblical deluge. rain. Yeah, yeah. Um, was unbelievable and testament to that course. It's a great course. You know, it's got a storied history with many PGA championships mm. and state championships. That was the 13th time it's held the New South Wales Open. Awesome. I love being yeah, there. Good. It was really fun. And, um, yeah, what great an credits to everyone involved. Yeah, effort just to get it happening. Well, yeah. our, our national title, we talked about this a lot over the journey, but and our state titles here in Australia are storied events. You've only got to look at the, the winners of any of them. And it's, it is not only the who's who of Australian golf, it's well, some of the great names of world golf. That Cal Nagel Cup yeah. the other day, you look at it and you go, wow. Unbelievable <laughs> the names on these trophies. So let's, you know, I know the world's changed and we're not going to get some of the global players back, but, um, you know, it's been a really healthy – it's a really healthy summer. And the names that have been contending and competing uh, have been strong. Really, some world-class players in there. So, you know, let's so keep going. So we're seeing – and I'm sure we'll talk about Elvis and others oh, still right in now. particular. Yeah. But I, um, we're seeing a, an emerging young crop. But there at the tournament was Peter Senior, mm. who I loved watching. It was great. He's such a cool dude. Peter Fowler, who – Played really, really well. I, I want to tell you, like it's extraordinary. Yeah, well, he, he'll, he'll be breaking his age soon. What did he? Didn't he shoot low sixties one of the days? Didn't he shoot uh, sixty mid sixties in the final yeah. round? Maybe yeah. I'll, I'll check it out in yep. a second. Um, Lonna Peter Lonna was there. Yeah. Didn't have a great closing round, but other than that, was was pretty good. Um, Chris Campbell was there, back playing amateur golf again. Mm. Um, I had a good chat with Brendan Jones, who yeah. very rarely plays an Australian tournament. What I'm trying to say is that everyone who could have been there. Was yeah, great, uh, and, and the the bond between the young and the old is really strong. I, it you know they're all. I, I walked with Blake Windred, um, who was paired with Peter Senior, and he uh, in a, it was a practice round. I think yeah, it was a practice round, and they were playing, and they were. He was just gobbling up information, yeah, great, Peter perfect. Senior. Well, that's and, invaluable, mate. Oh, mate, it's, it's such a good bond on that tour between the young and the old, and I yeah. and I really think it's trying. Everyone's out there to make money for themselves. That's what professional golf is. But they want, if they can't win, to have the next world number one mm. in their group. I mm. think it's really cool. Mm. It is. Um, so you mentioned Elvis. We'll talk to Brighton McPherson. We could spend a lot more time talking to him. Let's talk to him about him when he joins us after the break. Um, we're a bit invested in Elvis Smiley. We're living his career through our great mate, Mike Clayton, who is deeply invested in the emerging talent that lives within this kind of rangy left-handers frame. It, it, second, third, miscut second at his professional start. Miscut with two seventy twos. That 
But uh, that goes okay. And, and Clates will remind you that Clates wasn't on the bag at that week. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> well, he, we might have to start packing his bags and touring the world a bit more often if that's if he's the missing link. I haven't updated my stats on on that Andy, but I wrote a story after he, he shot a sixty four on Saturday, yep. and his stats were even including the two seventy twos where he missed the cut. After the first round he played at Rosebud, his scoring average um, was sixty seven point two five. Yeah. I just, just that's like, I know the courses are different. Yes, I know yes, it's not under yes, pressure. Yes, I know this and I know that. Yes. It was lift, clean and place this week. And I get it all. That's world class. Mm. That's better than world class. That is the elite world standard. You, you know, you've got to Absolutely. maintain it for years on a, on a higher tour under tougher courses. I get it all. But his Still scoring, his scoring yeah. power is something else. What's it's, he going to do? Have you got to, do you have a, is there a, and a st- or is there a um, committed pathway for him in terms of where he goes? No, I think ultimately, you know, but he, he's in no rush to do. Oh, he's a baby, goddamn! He's not. What is he? He's not even eighteen yet, is he? How old is he? He's eighteen. Eighteen now, right? Okay. But he's not in a rush to get to the US. But that's ultimately where he wants to be, which mm-hmm. makes sense. What he got? What he? So that's where he's going to go first. He's going to head to um, the US before he goes anywhere else. Oh, I think his plans actually go Europe. Okay, yeah, um, good. And sort of find his feet yep. over there, which mm. I actually I really respect that. Mm. You know, someone of his sort of level, I think, can get caught up in in it a lot, where you're getting, you know, you're getting offers that may be coming from the US, but mm. I feel him heading to try and get some challenge starts or some Europe starts. I think that's going to be great for him in the long run. Yeah, I think that he. He mentioned a few weeks ago, he, you know, wouldn't rule like, rule Japan out, but I really think Europe's fate um, feels like the right place for him. Yeah, you know, Europe feels like the right place for him. And I think um, his family and those around him have seen the likes of Adam Scott and Greg Norman and Stuart Appleby and other players take the Europe path. Mm. And I heard them talking the other day about Brooks Kepka, how he was a you know a better player having come through Europe. Mm. Um, I would not at all be surprised to see him take that direction. Mm, mm. Um, what I will say to you is that on Sunday at Concord, when he came out of score return, Andy, just, he knew he had commitments to, to media, mm. but he just had to go away and compose himself. He was visibly devastated that he hadn't, well, right. devastated maybe yeah, a bit right. too hard, but okay. visibly upset that he uh, hadn't won. And he's got this most, uh, a wicked sense of motivation. It's he's driven like you've. I've not seen any golfer ever like that. I'm ever, ever, ever. That's a big call, Hazy. Well, I didn't see Tiger. You know, US amateur era Tiger, and I imagine that that's. I'm not comparing their games. Don't don't get me wrong, but I, yeah. I I've not seen another young young golfer, male or female, with that sense of ultimate desperation for victory. Yeah, yeah right. I was in chatting the- to uh, Tony Meyer. Sorry to jump in there. No. Um, the high-performance manager in Queensland who obviously uh, works closely with Elvis, and he says exactly the same thing about Elvis. He's like, he's it's unbelievable. Like, he just wants to win. Have you like ever second- seen this in any, have you, any of the girls? Have, have, is it, have you seen it as obvious Probably. and apparent as that? Probably not to this level, I wouldn't yeah. think. And okay. from, Obviously, I don't work as closely with Elvis, but from the people around me. And, yeah, Tony said, like, after um, Rosebud, like, he was just gutted. Absolutely gutted. 
Like so, nothing content with finishing second or third. Nothing content with you know getting some ranking. Nothing. I want to like win. he's finished second as an amateur. Right. Like okay. you think great effort, yeah, it's and he was amazing. outdone by that shot in the last, and you know, but he was just gutted. Like it's it's pretty cool to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, that's you know, it's a competitive world. I'd, you know, I'd love. I, I don't want to get caught into. I mean, I got a chip the other day. I'm. I wrote a story, um, about how. I saw him um, in sort of a Superman light in that he was mild-mannered and polite Clark Kent off the course. Mm. But out there when the bullets were flying, he was, you know, Mm. you can barely talk to him. And I'm not saying that in a bad way at all. It's Mm. just he's in his own. Um, A couple of people mistook that for me saying he was golf Superman, like he was, Mm. you know. I get it. Uh, So I don't want to get caught into, you know, making – you know, ridiculous statements here, but wow. Yeah. Okay. Let's watch his space. I, I, I just think he's, he's different to anyone that I've seen. And that, you know, I, I loved watching Min Woo come up. I love yeah. watching Ryan Ruffles come up. I love watching them before that as well. Uh, Min G, but they're all in Dif- terms, in terms of um, their drive, their, their distant second to Elvis. Okay. Anything else? It's a segue into a couple of the, a couple of those names and a couple of younger players who did something significant this week around the world. Any last words on the New South Wales Open or any other players you want to mention? Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. Yep. Uh, sorry, I could, I'm so excited about the event. I'm, I was really amped to be there. Uh, Nathan Barbieri, yep. who's only turned pro at the in the dying days of 2020, basically to play the regional series that New South Wales, uh, Golf New South Wales put on for the New South Wales Open. Uh, he was... Awesome on uh, Saturday in particular, and he's he's the exact opposite. He's like uh, emotional, yeah. passionate, volatile, extraordinary uh, young guy who had dozens and dozens of his mates and family there hooping and hollering for him. And when he he just needed to get on a roll on Sunday, just so he could high five them like he had been on Saturday when yeah. things were lighting up. And he would have been a different player, but he just missed an early putt for a birdie on the first from inside a foot and a half. Um, just didn't feel the putter and just couldn't get it going. He's been a pro for you know twenty minutes, Andy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then then you look and you know you see the other people uh, on on that front. Um, you know, Elvis is is the standout, but there's there's a group there of of kids who haven't had much opportunity um, in the past year or so that mm. you know. Blake Windred's only a new pro. We forget about that. And he he had the crowd buzzing as well. He had a huge bunch of support from, from Newcastle in particular. Uh, I just I just love watching them all play. Um, they, there's something really special about the way they go about it in terms of uh, I'm going places and I need to get there quickly. Okay. Well, there's these names, whether you've missed a couple here or on the way, they, they will continue to get mentioned on this show and hopefully on the way through, join us. So there's two notes. You mentioned Gabby. You mentioned Ruffles, Ryan. Gabby had a pretty significant Symmetra tour. The women have come back this week, LPGA. We'll talk about Minji in a moment. She was still probably for WA listeners. They'll be very keen to have a speak to, about her and Hannah. But um, Gabby Ruffles, Symmetra tour, very much a gateway tour and good competitive golf being played by some very good players. How significant was that result for her? Yeah, I mean, huge. Had a uh, finish fourth place. I mean, and again, like Gab, I think in the, after we spoke of Elvis before, I I was actually thinking of Gab. She's one that, you know, is very, I don't like to say hard on herself, 
but that's what it had come across like because she's never just happy. Never say. satisfied. Satisfied. Mm. Satisfied is a better word. Um, because I know that she wouldn't be, she'd be, she'd be pleased with that result, but she'd but, think, you know, yeah. she did shoot one over on the last day when this, like the scoring was very tough, but still I'm sure she feels as though she's left them out there. You know, after chatting with her when uh, US Open, um, no, sorry, the, um, the last LPGA event she played, the Pelican one, where she finished mid sort of pack, you know, 30th or something like in her first professional start, you know, people could be up and about at, you know, LPGA <laughs> event. Disappointing. Not very disappointing. Yep. Yep. So it's kind of, I think that just shows you, I think they have that little something special. Yeah, yeah. I think that's got to, I feel like as a fan, you want to see that. Yep. You want to see You want to see that in them. That's, Absolutely. Um, Robin Choi, who you've mentioned a lot on this show, had a great result, great finish in that tournament as well. Brett Coletta, who's been on this show a lot of times, again, second to, secondary tour on the American, and it was, a, it was a split week over there with the WGC match play and, Punakana. We'll talk about both of those. So the Corn Ferry got a little bit overshadowed, but second tournament back, I think, for Coletta, now that they've resumed playing. Um, missed the playoff by a shot. Bogeyed 17, the par three, to fall that one shot adrift of 17 under, which is a score he needed. 21 birdies and two eagles he shot for the four days. Now, we've spoken a lot about the Corn Ferry too. You can't cut it there unless you shoot. No good playing... 71, 71, 69, 72. That's not going to make – you won't make you, you wouldn't make the weekend no. if you were shot 71, no. 72. Seriously, no. some of the cuts, five, six under is like standard. This, this, <laughs> he feels – just listening to his comments after that round, he just sounds like a bloke who's very – he's used the time away to his great benefit, and he feels like he's just starting the next part of his journey in the right place. Doubly so, Andy, because that's the third year in a row that he's finished on the podium at this course. Right, okay. <clears throat> and I want to say that once he starts playing them all a second time, a third time, that he'll feel that familiarity, which will get him over the line. Mm. It's a matter of time. I, I honestly believe that with him. He's yeah. he's that impressive. Mm. Um, he, he just needs a break. Yeah. Um, and- I laughed. I have to say, after the second round when he was interviewed, he back-to-back 67s to start the tournament. <laughs> And he was, it was, must have been a hot day in Savannah and he had the full black Gary Player sort of garb on and, and the interviewer asked him, you're black today, mate? And he goes, mm, it was the cleanest thing I had. <laughs> <laughs> That's Coletta for you, hey? You yeah, and I think um, he's got his right. brother over there with him at the moment as well, so it's probably a, an extra comfort factor mm. for him or just uh, you know someone to hang out with and talk rubbish, I guess. Mm. And I think hopefully we'll see that pay dividends. Yeah. Mm. Um, We'll tick off all the other bits and pieces, if not right now, but a bit later on. We, we need to talk about the match play. You know, it, was the, it was the big ticket item, the world. Did it get you in? Were you, were you in? I mean, we love match play golf. We, most of us love watching it. We love the contest. Did this one just not quite hit the notes for you or not? When, uh, if I be honest, when the Aussies were out, yeah. I... Uh, One of them got through. I, yeah. I might have... Uh... Just uh, toned it down a bit. Toned it down a bit. That's yeah, a nice yeah. way to put it, you? shall we? Uh, I think that the I, I love the match play outside the majors. It's clearly my favourite mm. event. Um, it, I don't think it lacks luster when the, no one out in the top thirty in the rankings advances to the the finals. I don't, that doesn't bother me. No, not me either. For some, no, it doesn't. But what does diminish that event in my eyes is the abandonment of the original format which was 64 to 1 playing four or five rounds whatever it is and 
it's an example of the managers having far too much power. Yep. Um, because here we are, we've, we'll have, you know, obviously the top 29, I think it was, players in the in the world rankings who were there, um, you know, not playing the weekend, just as they wouldn't have if they'd been knocked out in the first round. So, you know, the, the argument is that they will shine and be more prominent if they aren't subjected to a one-off knockout match. Well, that's clearly been shown to be untrue. Yep. And that they won't go and fly to play for a world match play championship if they don't get guaranteed three rounds of golf is complete frog excrement. I had to it, really search you did for have a word. To pull, you did have to pull yourself. So back. you're not you a fan well. of the format. That's no, right. yeah. every match Agree. should be a knockout. Agree. Yeah, of course, it that, well, that is that is match play. Yeah, of isn't course, it? it is. You lose, yeah. you're out. Yep. <laughs> yep. And it's in Austin. It's right in the middle of the state. It's not too big a flight for anyone to get there. Mm. You just suck it up and go and play. And if you're the best match player in the world, you'll get through. So Horschel beat Scheffler. Uh, Victor Perez, the rising star, continues. He, he's. I don't know when. I don't know where we're at in terms of Ryder Cup, and but he's got to be pushing his claims pretty strongly. I would have thought. The strength of US golf was the one thing that did come to the fore in all of this. So um, seven of the final 16 were Americans, but that didn't include Dustin Johnson, Colin Morikawa, Tiger Woods, Justin Thomas, Bryson DeChambeau, um, Xander Shawfly, Patrick Reed, Patrick Cantlay, Webb Simpson, Brooks Kepka, and Tony Finau. They didn't Ooh. make the final 16, <laughs> right? But seven of the final 16 were Americans. Yeah. It does underline the strength of American golf when that quality of player doesn't get through to the knockout phase and yet you've still got through the final four are Americans. It's, it's pretty strong. It's, it's, they're good. It's yeah. They are. I mean, as much as we don't like to say it, they are, they're, they're really, they're really good, but you know, that it probably favors them. Clearly the PGA tour has a, an advantage in terms of weight of world rankings points. Yep. So by default, you're going to have more American tour players, not necessarily Americans, on in that field. Mm, mm. Um, so you know it stands to reason they're going to have an overrepresentation, perhaps. But they're still they're very good players. Mm, mm. Um, no, no getting around that. I can't, I can't believe, especially on that course where there are reachable par fours and reachable par fives, uh, and it was generally placid until the the weekend that Horschel could win with one birdie in the final. That was yeah. actually extraordinary to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was a very lackluster final in terms of highlights. Mm. Uh, I, I, to me, that event could and should be really something special. Mm. Um, back when Jeff Ogilvy was sort of a regular at the top of that event, um, when it was in Arizona, I was glued to it. I didn't. Yeah, it's it. lost. It has lost something, and maybe it is that group phase to start with, and the guaranteed three starts. Maybe that takes. It does for me. I think it does. I think it does. Are we going to get to a break? Uh, the LPGA recommenced and I know Western Australian listeners will be very, very keen to get any sort of sense for the performance of both Minji Lee in particular and Hannah Green. Hannah Green started really well. She was two or three under at one stage early and couldn't quite maintain the form. She'll get into a groove, but Minji again just tunes Rock solid. Just, just unbelievable. The consistency of Minji, hey, it's like God, a, it's... an ATM, yeah? Yeah. It is. Yeah. Uh, very impressive by Minji again. I mean, in great lead up to uh, to this week uh, with the A&A Inspiration mm. Major this week. So exciting for them. We're going to talk about that Inspirational now or later, Andy? Well, I'm going to talk about it later. All right. We'll talk about it later. Inby Park Bolton in. She'll be a factor, of course, when we get to that. Actually, we were talking about, as we were walking in here, about Inby Park and some uh, some stats on her, Andy. 
How about she's had 24 top 10s in her last 48 starts? <laughs> 24 top 10s in her last 48, 48 starts. starts. So 50%. That, is that is that Sorenstam type numbers? Wow, or is that I even just, exceeding what Annika was doing? In I couldn't believe of, it. I mean, that... 24 in her last 48 top 10s. <laughs> when... When she was here for yeah. the when she was here for the Vic Open and then she won the, when the Women's Australian Open, Andy, I I was telling Stacey this earlier, um, had the good chance to have a you know several chats with her and basically she was the seventh or eighth Korean in the world ranking. She was still in the top twenty, mm. but she was the seventh or the eighth, and she was playing events like the Vic Open, like the Australian Open that she hasn't had on her calendar as a matter of course, in a desperate bid to qualify for Tokyo twenty twenty the Olympics, and uh, she was. Um, very doubtful that she was going to get there, but that was her motivation. So I think that she'd sort of, you know, had a bit of a wane in in terms of where she used to yeah. be. Remember, she was the player of the decade, oh, yeah. men's or women's last year. Um, she was going to go home, wasn't she? Wasn't there a talk yeah. a couple of years ago of her packing yep. her bags and leaving America and she yep. couldn't be bothered doing it anymore? Yep. And, yep. And, and so in winning the Women's Australian Open, she got back up towards the top 10 in the world, still probably fifth or sixth in the Koreans. And now she's, if 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 we're... Mark, if we're setting a market for the ANA inspiration right now, she's the one you've got to beat. Has to be, doesn't it? Absolutely. Oh, she won it, by it, five. It's, ama- weekend, it's amazing yeah. how good she is. I yeah. love Clates' turn when she won the Australian Open. She envies the ball around <laughs> the course. She doesn't. She's an unusual player. Very unusual. Yeah, yeah. she is. Yep. And and it's it's not textbook. You know, mm. it's not doesn't look like Annika Sorenstam or Lorena Ochoa no, no. or no. Kari Webb, but God damn, she gets the ball in the she hole fast. She absolutely, yeah, romped it in. I mean, Minji finished tied fifth mm. at seven under, and Inby was at 14. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she made a mess of them. Seven back. All right, Brian McPherson's going to join us on the other side of the break. A whole lot of other bits and pieces we'll get to before we wrap it up. You're listening to Inside the Ropes. With Australian Golf Media, you're back inside the ropes. Welcome back to the show. Uh, regular listeners um, through the 200 episodes prior to this one will know that Bryden McPherson, or Bryson McPherson, as someone called him off air a minute ago, <laughs> um, has been a regular of Inside the Ropes. And it's been, I wouldn't, I'm not going to say it's been a tortured journey, Bryden McPherson, but it's been an interesting journey, Bryden McPherson. And it just feels now as though we're about to see from afar, we're about to see the very best version of Bryden McPherson in his professional golf journey. I wonder whether he agrees with this. He's had an unbelievable run of it through the Australian summer, uh, culminating, of course, in his New South Wales Open win on the weekend. Um, and he's been good enough to join us again on the show. Uh, mate, I don't know whether any of that rings true to you. Challenge any of those notions. Uh, if they're a bit over the top, some of the characterizations, feel free to let me know. But it does feel like you're about to enter uh, a pretty exciting phase of uh, of your professional journey. And congratulations, by the way. Thanks. No, thanks for having me on. I mean, look, I mean, I think everybody, all of us pros are all trying to get to the position where we feel comfortable in our own skin. Uh, and we feel comfortable in what we're doing, um, confident that it is sufficient to compete. And uh, I'm definitely getting closer, uh, what feels like every tournament, to to that spot. Well, there's a bit to... I know you're about to do some IKEA unpacking. There's a bit to unpacking all of that. So, so what's... <laughs> as you sit here right now with us, is it confidence in your capacity to think your way through what you're doing? Is it confidence in your ability to play the game? Is it, what, what is it? What is, what's been the, what's led you to where you are right now? 
So it's definitely both. Uh, it's twofold. I mean, you have to have a sort of a sound mental approach. Um, you know, whether that's plan making or whether that's instinct playing, it's kind of different for each player. But for me, it's a lot more plan oriented. Um, and I think you could see that uh, for anyone that watched the coverage on Sunday. Um, you know, people have been talking about composure and all these kinds of things. That's just that's just me sticking to the plan. Um, I had a couple opportunities to go off script when I was uh, when I was playing on Sunday and decided to stick with it. Uh, a lesson that maybe cost me uh, winning the Queensland Open um, because I went off script early in that final round and, and got off to a bad start. And so the ability to stick to a plan for me personally has become huge. Um, and it's also really nice to know that sticking to that plan can give me some good results. Um, that's a cool thing. And that just kind of bolsters that confidence. And then there's the playing side of things where you feel like you're moving and hitting shots and the way that you're thinking about hitting shots instead of making swings. Um, and all of these things that are all indicative of, of finding like your rhythm, um, and being in line with what you do. Uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm getting close to feeling like I've like I've found something something like that. Yeah, Bryden, congrats, mate. Um, we're thrilled to have you know been party to you know the, the rise. It's been fantastic for us to watch. Having spoken to you through the the lesser times in inverted commas, which are you know, not in, not necessarily in your life, but hmm. in a golfing sense. So we're thrilled to have gone on that journey with you. I assume, based on what you just said, that you've read a few of the things about people praising your um, mental prowess, particularly on Sunday at Concord. What did it did it inspire you even further to hear the young blokes who were snapping at your heels all week, and they were fantastic, by the way, um, pay you your dues, I suppose, in terms of your mental uh, stability and, and ability to focus in and stay with that game plan through the, you know, the fierce pressure of a Sunday afternoon? Yeah, I mean, it's always nice to know that, that what you're feeling or trying to achieve from the inside out um, looks that way on the outside. Uh, that's always a nice bit of affirmation. But, um, I mean, look, you know, the, the, young, the young guys I play with, they're, they're, they're you know, very talented players. Um, they're going to be just fine. Uh, and they'll learn some of the things that I've learned Um through the learning times, I would call them, rather than the lesser times, and I think the uh, I think that's just been that's yeah. I mean, when you go through difficult stuff or when things aren't working, then that's just an opportunity to. It sounds like a cliche, but it is an opportunity to learn something. And if you can take something from that and move forward and and test it uh, in another situation around the corner, then that's just you know, that's the whole process of getting better. Uh, and that's the journey that these young guys are going off on. And I hope that they can just stick to that part of the journey. I hope that they can, because that's all they've got to learn, right? I mean, these kids, they've, they've got great swings. They're good players. They're good guys. They, all they need to learn now is how to do it under pressure and how to manage themselves in and out of tournaments. And, there's only one way to do that, and that's just playing tournaments. 
Now to the other side of the game, the physical side of the game. On NewSouthWalesOpen.com, I encourage people to go and check this out if they want to see the McPherson swing a you're little obsessing, bit more. You're obsessing about this. Oh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, but it, it, it's, I mean, We took some great vision through the week uh, working for Golf New South Wales uh, of his swing. Mm, and, that's and, great. That's and, awesome. And when you actually slow it down and look at it, it's... Look, Bryden, you know that I'm no swing guru, but it's it's markedly different to others who are in in contention with you. Um, and it looks, if you slow it down at the right time, incredibly flat at the bottom. And and without having the ability to even vaguely talk to you about this technically, um, you you swing you seem to be swinging up at the ball, but it's going, you know, beautifully for you. Every shot is basically where you want it to go off the tee, in particular. Yeah, I mean, see the the. My my personal tendencies, and I've had them forever, have been to get shallow. Uh, so that you know, that's club head low to the ground. The only way to do that, uh, club head low to the ground for as long as possible. And the only way to do that is to do it from a flat, what people would call a flatter swing plane. Um, but the benefits of shallow is that, without getting too technical, it creates a uh, a pretty what we call a three dimensional flat spot. So from like a six inches in front of the ball to six inches behind the ball, the club is not really traveling up or down or left or right. So it's pretty, it's pretty flat through there. And the benefit of that is that you can do like what I did when I hit my second shot into 17, which I caught just a little bit heavy. But because of the, like the way that I sort of approach and hit the ball and move through it and accelerate through, you can still get a pretty decent shot because you never really, the ground is never able to stop the club. So that's the benefit of being shallow, but that's always been a tendency of mine. It's not really something that I work on. It's a tendency of mine to get uh, my sort of arms close to me, lay the club off uh, in, you know, the terms that people use and, you know, create a lot of angle between the shaft and my arms. Um, And one of the things that Brad Hughes has taught me is like, that's your tendency. That's what you do. That's great. He tries to teach people how to do it. Uh, and luckily, I'm able to do it somewhat instinctively. And then he's teaching me how to keep going. So how to keep going from there, how to make that work. You've got to release the club really, really hard uh, from that position that you're seeing on that, on, that, uh, on that website. And then you've got to keep pushing up through the ball in order to make it work. Because if you stop on it, the club just flips and the ball just goes left and right and all over the place. Um, so that's been huge for me. And so I can just go out and play now and think about accelerating through using the ground and, uh, just a few basic things that I can sort of feel through the shaft and stuff to be able to hit some shots. It's a really cool feeling. So, so when you would, that's, uh, when you were last with us, maybe three or four weeks ago, you were talking about the feeling of flushing for the first mm-hmm. time. That's what you're talking about. It is. Yeah. It's the feeling of knowing how to get your tendencies to work for you Um, because your tendencies are your tendencies for a reason. So you're always going to fall back into them. So the more often that you can use those in a way that it's going to help you hit good shots, the more consistent you can hit it. So, but if you're always trying to get away from a tendency, then you're going to be inconsistent basically by definition. Which Stace, I think sort of uh, helps explain what you're about to ask. Um, Brighton, which is all about that ability to to uh, look like things aren't changing even under the gun. 
Well, firstly, I think Bryden's really helped with Hazy's uh, rebuild here. I think no, he's no, really... the stuff going on in the <laughs> studio here has been... I wish we had the video on. This we uh, look out at Curl Lewis this yep, weekend, exactly. I'd say. There has yep. been a rebuild go on, Bryden. So thank you for helping out our, uh, our colleague here. Uh, but Bryden, yeah, massive uh, congrats, mate. Not just on last week, but a, a huge summer of golf and... Um, yes, as we've all been, listeners would be following that uh, Bryden has actually had no round over par in the seven events that he's played over uh, over summer, which is pretty darn impressive. Unbelievable. Which has obviously led Bryden to uh, a massive jump, uh, drop or jump or whatever you say in world rankings, which I'm not sure if you're a world ranking watcher or anything, Bryden. But Bryden has gone from 909 to 289 in an Aussie summer without the main events, mm. without the big events. It's incredible. Which is, it, it really is incredible. And maybe one of your lowest world rankings uh, ever, Bryden. That would be my best world ranking ever. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And uh, I guess that just comes with the consistency of your Aussie summer. Um, yeah. Is there anything else you, you're putting that down to, Bryden, with your consistency? Yeah. I mean, look, it kind, of, it kind of goes back on the same thing between the physical and the mental. I mean, I sort of talk about the mental as sort of everything except physical. Uh, and, you know, I just, I just try to make an effort to do the same thing all the time. You know, I, I try to try to get to the course at the same time, do the same stretches. I sort of hit the same amount of putts. I sort of hit the same basically amount of shots and, uh, you know, try and do things on a fairly regimented schedule when it comes to that. I'm not a big practicer after my rounds. And so I just like to sort of put most of my effort there in the, because it doesn't really matter what you're doing. It matters like how consistent it is. So, you know, whether you hit 25 shots to warm up or 35 shots to warm up or whether you hit seven iron or you don't hit seven iron, it doesn't really matter. What really matters is that you do the same thing over and over so that you can get comfortable and you can get standing on the first tee. It doesn't even matter feeling good or bad or indifferent. It just matters that you feel the same way all the time. So and then it starts to become like a level of routine and a level of, uh, and you can derive some comfort from that. And, and then same thing with the shots. Try to go through the same process of choosing your shot, choosing your target, choosing your club, trying to make consistent decisions. And, you know, you don't get it right all the time. The, the second shot I hit into the water on the 11th hole on Sunday was because I chose the wrong club. And then it's really hard to hit a good shot when you choose the wrong club. So I was just kicking myself, not for making the bad swing, because it's kind of hard to make a good swing when you've gone through a bad process. So I was... Uh, kicking myself for the club selection but it doesn't mean that you don't try and get it right all the time um and the things that are more in your control like your preparation and your warm-up and things like that i just try to be really consistent and also with my execution of my plans and, and execution of um you know just my swings and try to stick to the same swing thoughts and you know consistency begets consistency and that is and that has been something that i've tried to do and at least for the moment it's not exactly a scientific experiment, but at, at least for the moment, it looks like it. It seems to be. Uh, it seems to be working. Yeah. yeah, some great advice for the uh, the young up and comers there, Bryden. Um, but where now, Bryden? What's your What's your plans in the coming, I guess, weeks, months? What are you thinking beyond this? Yeah, so you know, there's not a lot going on at the moment. So I'm just going to be. Uh, you know, my plan three or four months ago was to be hanging out in Melbourne, and uh, I don't see any reason to change that plan. Um, the whole reason that I moved back here was to calm things down a little bit in the life side so I could sort of 
um, just get on a little bit more of a solid footing. Just because I've had some good tournaments doesn't change that for me. Um, I think my money list finish, I haven't haven't done the research, but it may do something for me as far as maybe uh, skipping a stage of Q school here or there or something. I do not know uh, just yet. So I'll just be exploring to see what the second half of the year um, looks like. But I've still got some, some work and some more drills to do with my swing. Not any different drills, but the same drills uh, and just get better at them so that I can control my ball um, uh, even better from tee to green. Because uh, I, you know, I, I really didn't. I really felt like it was my mental game and my short game, my putting, that really got me over the line last week and gave me some consistent results early on in the seven events. I was hitting the ball really nicely, but it kind of transitioned to a, a kind of an equal weighted short game, long game, um, and I would like to get back in uh, into really hitting the ball well. And so that's going to be a couple of months of, of drills, and I'm actually looking forward to to getting some work done. Brian, I want to ask you, I had the, um, the good fortune to, to walk around a fair bit of the last couple of rounds with you at Concord. And despite your scores and your consistency and everything, you, you weren't thrilled. I think it's fair for me to say that, that you, you, know, you couldn't get the putter going the way you wanted to. When the average mug is out playing this weekend and they're not feeling the love with the putter, which is almost invariable for ninety percent of people probably listening. What do you, what do you do to not throw the toys out of the cot mentally? Because um, it all came, you know, all your efforts and your ability to wash away the bad stuff. I would say came back to sort of roost on the thirteenth, obviously on Sunday when you made that eagle putt on the short par four, and it, it, it you sort of got all the benefits of the good rolls that didn't go in, if that makes sense. Yeah, kind of all accumulated into one perfect pivotal moment um look you know it's the beauty of the game of golf and the reason why it is the best game that exists is because the real difficulty is not in trying a bunch of different things it's sticking to the same things uh and that has been the the key to all of it and it's the same thing with putting so when you so long as you have a process for picking a line that you'd like the look of and trying to hit the speed that matches that line that is all you've got to do and you've just got to keep going through that process and understand that very rarely will you get on a run where you hold putt after putt after putt after putt you can be like that inside of three and four feet but as soon as you get outside of that You've just got to be all about lines and speeds. Uh, I was playing the final round at the Muna Classic. Me and Mike Hendry were stuck in a cart together for 36 holes. He was stuck with me. I was blessed to be with him, of course. But the um, what I was the same thing. I was not holding the putts that I wanted to, and I kept this kind of. It became a joke between us that we were just. I'm just saying, line and speed, line and speed, line and speed, and then again, it all accumulated there in the last five or six holes where I started to hold some 30, 40 footers in a row. And you've just got to smile and laugh and say, well, line and speed, line and speed. It's just, it's uh, the, the, the game ebbs and flows. The results go up and down. Uh, They go either side of your consistent process and you've got to be patient when they're not working and you've got to be grateful when they're going in. So you've just hit the word. I was going to be able to say patience is clearly a virtue and you've just used the word patient. Um, it doesn't sound like you're going to knee-jerk react to the success you're having. You've just said that in the answer to Stace's question about 
playing well. It doesn't mean I change my plans. But you know, I, I think you're still pretty aspirational, and um, you should be. And you know what it's like to play golf on the course you're playing at here, in terms of the dimensions of those courses, compared to the courses I guess you want to perhaps test yourself on against deeper fields overseas. Where, do you feel like you're in a place now where the way you're playing will see you compete to the level you want to on bigger courses against deeper fields on other in other parts of the world? I, I certainly feel like I'm on the pathway to doing it. I, I you know, I've only been working with Brad Hughes there for about eighteen months and I think I still need about six more months to really ingrain some of the stuff uh, that we're that we're working on. Um, and I think then maybe by about this time next year, I would hope to be in really good control of, of everything that I'm doing. Um, doesn't mean I'm going to uh, keep. It doesn't mean I'm going to stop working on it. Got to keep and and got to keep competing as well. But uh, like you said, you know the world situation at the moment is so muddied. Yeah. There are so many people who are in such worse circumstances. And so I am just so grateful to have got what I've got. And I'm not in a rush to risk it or mess with it. Uh, and I'm just right now just being grateful. I'm trying to be, and trying to be of as big a service to as many people as I can at the moment here in Australia, while that is an opportunity for me. Oh, yeah. That's great. And you're still going to do your bridging course, and did I'm right in saying you're going to be doing that with some of the high performance players? Um, look, I think that that's still uh, yet to be determined. I would love to help uh, Golf Australia in any capacity that I can with the experience that I've had, um, and but you know that's ultimately their decision, and uh, either way that they choose, that will be something that I will respect, and I will be doing the. Bridging program, yes, I'm signed up for it. And I tend to be the kind of person, once I sign up for something, I tend to follow it through. So I will be uh, doing that and then hopefully doing some coaching and, and learning about the other side of the game, uh, you know, in the, more the business side, which I think will help me uh, manage my own career and finances and things like that as well. Um, and so, yeah, and I'm still grateful for the PGA for having uh, set up that program. Uh, I think yeah. it's a good thing. I think it's changing at the moment, but so I'm, I'm also grateful on another level to have gotten in uh, the right time. So we'll just see how we go with all that. But at the moment, it's just about, um, just about, you know, stay in the course, stick to the plan, right? Yep. Stick to the plan. Absolutely. So I've just been doing some maths here and this is unofficial because the PGA hasn't uh, fully determined the rankings here, but you're going to be in a bobbing finish for third place on the order of merit with Ryan Fox and Lucas Herbert. Um, but no, way, I won't be happy. I, unfortunately, I will not be. I'll correct you there because yeah. I was not a member until I won the the Muna event. Mm. So the only official money that will count will be the last three tournaments. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. So is that is that so you so, you're still top ten? Is that you still yeah? It'll kind put of, me yeah. seventh, I think. Yeah. Seventh. Okay. Yeah. Well, that well, there's still going to be uh, things open up to you on, at, as you say, for various. Uh, tour, school, tour schools around the world. Yeah. I was just, I was just trying to figure out what it actually might give you, but um, it looks like a, a whole heap of second stages at, at a at a bunch from seventh position at a bunch of tours: Corn Ferry, European, Japan, Asia. So mm. that'd be yeah. uh, good to have the alternatives in front of you. So one last one yeah. for me before before we let you go. Uh, you've been clearly in your own sort of, you know, you haven't been getting out of your own way, and you've been focusing on your stuff, but. 
Um, in the time that you've been back here this summer, have you seen any, you know, we've already sort of spoken about Elvis smile in the first segment. Have you seen any younger players, the young crew that Hazy mentioned to you early that you look at and you go, gee, there's some scope for this. And, and you know, there could be many, but is there one or two that you're prepared to sort of put the asterisk on and say, keep an eye on this bloke? Um, yeah, I think the whole crop is pretty good. And like any crop, there's a diverse group of kids. You know, I just personally, because I tend to be a little bit more alternative, tend to be a little bit more drawn towards guys that are a little bit more alternative. So um, I was impressed playing 36 holes with uh, Nathan uh, Barbieri. Is that how you say his last name? Buzz. Uh, and I want to get it right for him. Um, uh, so I was impressed playing 36 holes with him. I think he hits the ball, hits the ball great. And... Uh, He's got a good future so long as he just sticks to what he does. Um, and Jack Thompson obviously played very great on Sunday as well. And, and you know, the as soon as he can uh, learn how to uh, go through more pressure situations like he went through on Sunday and come out on top, which will inevitably happen. Same thing with Elvis. Um, you know, they're, they're going to be good players. Uh, I haven't uh, played with too many of the, of the other younger kids, mm-hmm. um, some of the amateurs and stuff that I've been around. There's a lot of good talent out there. Uh, I think that um, the more that the that the um, kids can get out of their own way and just and just play uh, and compete and learn about themselves in that capacity, I think they're going to be just fine. But um, I'm not in the business of telling fortunes. I thought I would be on a major tour by now, so I'm obviously <laughs> not qualified to make a make a call on that. So I'm, I'm not going to uh, peg any kids. But there are some good ones out there, and and. Uh, any of them that want any advice on anything, they can always just call me. Probably a good time to wow. give you a call, I would have thought. Good on you. Well done uh, on New South Wales. Well done on the summer. It's been, as we said right from the outset, it's been a joy to watch you competing and contending every single week, mate. So uh, credit to you. Um, enjoy what you got on for the rest of the day. Don't don't break any fingers or don't get too frustrated. <laughs> and um, we'll, um, we'll... Maybe look... you could learn Swedish while he's at it. Well, there you go. Yeah. A few flat pack instruction books or something. Yeah, something like that. You're in good enough form to take on another language, Bryden. I reckon yeah, you're okay. pretty good at following the instruction book, Bryden. I don't know what you guys I think. I can follow an instruction book. Just don't, yeah, my, my, my wife might not agree with you. but uh. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck with everything. Thanks for joining us again. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Bryden McPherson, uh, the, the standout player of the Australian summer, capped off with a magnificent win in the New South Wales Open. Um, good to catch up with him again. Fourth in Gippsland, fourth at TPS Victoria. Uh, where is he there? He's tied 16th at the Vic PGA. Second Queensland. One at Moona Lynx. Yep. 16th in TPS Sydney. Second in the Pelican Waters and now first. That's a hell of a That's summer. That's an unbelievable summer. That is an impressive stretch, isn't it, to keep I, that sort of form up? And it's... the stat that you mentioned about the numbers of rounds played, number of rounds under par, yeah. zero rounds over par. That is, that's impressive. That really is. Yeah, over right, seven a, events. Yeah. A break. We're going back to the New South Wales. I've been on the other side of this, aren't we? You caught up with some, some people while you're up there? Yeah, I had uh, a great chance to catch up with one of the most uh, um, rapidly emerging New South Wales players, Andy yep. Richards. And a very special coach that he has in tow. That after this, you're listening to Inside the Ropes. With Australian Golf Media, you're back Inside the Ropes. Welcome back to Inside the Ropes. And it's a great pleasure for me. I'm standing here, we're recording this during the middle of the New South Wales Open. I've had the chance here to chat 
with uh, Andrew Richards, who's uh, coming off a great run of form in some amateur tournaments around the country, and his coach, Rachel Bailey. Congra- welcome uh, to the program, Rachel. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having us. No worries. And, Andrew, um, mate, we've loved watching what you've been doing the last few months around the traps. Uh, walk us through the New South Wales amateur first. The amateur? Uh, yeah, that was that was an in- interesting week. Um, like 60-kilometre winds and pouring rain. <laughs> um yeah, it definitely tested me, but yeah, that was a, um, a great week for me. I, I played probably the best I had in a while, uh, and it showed by, you know, cracking the, getting my maiden win. Yeah, it's a great title to have on your resume. And then you've come down to Melbourne and cleaned up the Riversdale Cup. Yeah, that was that was really cool because that's one of my, or it probably is my favourite event, like on the amateur circuit, and um, it just felt like. I was just super comfortable and, uh, yeah, lots, lots of firsts down there, like first time having the lead after three rounds and um, first time winning a four-round stroke play event and stuff. It was just a really cool week. So I want to say that I've watched you play for a couple of years from afar and up close whenever I can and it looks like your game's improved and I want to say to you, put it to you, that the woman on your right here has had a very large part in, play, in doing that. Definitely. Yeah, we've worked really hard, um, especially last year. Uh, just at my my game overall, but especially my long game, because <clears throat> I was good enough, but just lacked the consistency. And um, the work we've done now has just allowed me to perform even on off weeks, um, which is the biggest thing. My like my base bars just come up, and yeah, I owe that all to Rachel. That must sound like music to your ears, Rachel. <laughs> yeah, it does. But he's the one that puts in the hard yards and does the practice and in the rain and in the wind and all of that so he's the one that does all the work I just tell him what to do (laughs) you you, you must have a lot of respect though to be able to take that you know instruction and just apply it through your life definitely yeah it's um I think you have to when uh when it's like this you know you you gotta have faith and put your trust in someone Mm -hmm. and and Rachel's like the perfect person like we get each other and um like loyal and trustworthy and you know so I you know I believe everything she says and um but you know we go back and forth it's not it's not just blind mm-hmm. uh you know teaching but I think we work really well together great team definitely yeah we yeah just we feed off each other and work well so Rachel you're a former touring pro um and is is pardon me is Andrew uh the best pupil you've had in terms of um, taking that instruction? Yes, Andy and I have a great relationship and I think you need a great relationship with your coach because it's really important that when things get tough that you can have those tough conversations and you can take it from each other, not just, it's not always one-sided, uh, which some coaching relationships can be like. Um, and I mean, we've had some great banters back and forth and in times of frustration <laughs> and we just have mutual respect for each other so it's just a lot easier when you have that trust and respect um, when you're going through those tough times to yeah, come out the other side and yeah so there's no other way to, for me to put this is it's very unusual for a, a young male professional to have a female coach yes correct are you really excited by that and that he's doing it oh absolutely when he um, approached me yeah I was came out of nowhere from my perspective I had no idea how long he'd been thinking about it but um came out of nowhere and I'm really open and honest from the start and I believe you need to be that way so I said let's trial it 
if you don't like where we go or don't like what I say, no, you know, hard feelings, just because I know what it's like being a player. You go through coaches, uh, it, just, it just happens that way. Um, and I'm always open and honest about that from the start. If nothing's working or you're not feeling right, let's just have an open, honest conversation. If you need to leave, totally fine. But it's worked out pretty well so far. And we've, yeah, come a long way, which mm-hmm. is great. So I understand you've got a booming little, you know, trade at Pennant Hills. Is that right? Yeah, it's going pretty well. Coaching's going pretty well. Do you, do you see coaching tour players as, as the uh, prospective tour players <laughs> as, as, as the future, or do you like doing the, the nuts and bolts of club life? Uh, I love the nuts and bolts of club life. I love juniors. I love junior development. Um, I think that's a good little niche to get into. I like seeing the kids um, come through the program. Um, elite amateurs, I, I love coaching them. I love being mentor, um, being a mentor to them. I think my playing experience helps in that too, um, guiding them through. I know what they're feeling. I know when they're nervous. I know when they're anxious. I've, I've felt it myself. So I think it's a lot easier to help them through those periods. D- yeah. Do you feel like it's um, the start of something much bigger in terms of having female coaches with tour players, with male tour players, I should say? Um, I think so. I think eventually that will happen. Um, I mean, it's happening in all sports. I mean, you look at Amelia Moresmo, coach Danny Murray. Um, you look at Becky Hammond, who's NBA with the Spurs. Um, she's an assistant coach over there. So, I mean, it's happening. It's happening in sport. There's a couple of good female AFL coaches that are coming through. Um, and I think, too, you look to the male coaches who have come before us, or the coaches who come before us, and then they're opening doors for us. I mean, I've had uh, help from Richie Smith, from Dean Kinney, um, Ryan Lumsden, you know, all those guys from Golf Australia, uh, they've helped me a lot. Um, they're mentoring me, which is great. Their doors are always open, and I think that I think that helps, and it's very encouraging. How important is it for you uh, to represent the WPGA Tour? Well, not the tour, I suppose, but, yeah, I suppose, you know, all your old playing mates and, and who have taken that same path, or would you encourage more women to take that role? Yeah, absolutely, and I think they are. There's a lot of great um, coaches out there, um, female coaches that are coming through uh, that have finished playing and they're getting more and more into coaching because there is more of an opportunity and the world is more open to it. Now it's becoming, you know, quote-unquote normalised, you know, if you want to use that word. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just encourage everyone to get out, be passionate about what you do, doesn't matter what you do, just be passionate and care. I feel a bit awkward asking you these yeah. questions because yeah. I see it as normal, I don't see it as odd, but it is... Yeah. Numerically. Yes. Know, not the norm. Yes, numerically not and old school not the norm, I guess. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but we're living in a more modern world and women are out there in leadership roles and have been for a while now and you're seeing it more and more in the media. We're in all sports, you know, not just golf but in all sports and I just think that it's just gonna you're just gonna see more and more, which is great. Andy, she's not your female coach, she's your coach. Yeah. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's no different. I don't look at it. Right. That's what I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't look at it um, differently at all. We just, we just, we're still doing the same things. It's, That's why I feel awkward asking you these questions because just, <laughs> it's just that it is unusual, but it shouldn't be. Yeah, definitely not. It's um, yeah, like it's no different to when I've had male coaches in the past. It's um, it's it, yeah, it's a non-issue really. We're just we're just having lessons and talking about golf. Yeah, <laughs> yeah correct. <laughs> same question for both of you. You can go first. Yeah. What is, what's the, I'm going to say you're going to go pro, what's the pro future hold for Andy Richards? I don't really know anymore. Like, oh, I am, I will turn him pro, but I don't know how soon anymore. Um, 
plan on playing amateur for the majority of this year. I'm looking to turn pro in the future. I don't really know when. Um, yeah, the last six weeks just kind of trying to spanner in the works. Accelerated it or made you think that I can take it further before you take the plunge? Yeah, or maybe just maybe sign it. Like I was probably going to go in two weeks, um, but now I can. I want to try and get in some bigger events and probably play a few more pro- uh, professional events as an amateur mm. just to try and get that experience because this week's been really good already and um, yeah, just get a bit more comfortable. Where does Andy Richards' pro career go? I think he summed it up pretty well, actually, and uh, we're always pretty much on the same page. Sometimes before I even mention stuff, Andy's already thought about it and come out with pretty much what I was going to say anyway. So I'm on the same page as Andy in that keep developing this year. Um, We've got some stuff to get done um, that's important, and if he can get into more pro events as an amateur, that will help, and then we'll reassess at the end of the year. I think that's a good plan, good process. Is anything going to hinder you other than pandemics of course getting across to like a you know a british or a u.s amateur uh i hope i'm all for it yeah. i i hope i can um hope i get the opportunity to go uh, that's definitely the goal I'd, I'd love to play in um some of them uh but yeah it's it's if the world doesn't let me it's just the way it is yeah um can i ask you do you miss your playing days rachel uh, no, not now. I think I've had a lot of time out, um, and I'm a, a, you know, all in kind of girl. So it's when I was playing, it was all in. Now I'm coaching, so I'm all into coaching. So I don't even think about playing. So everything for me is now through coach's eyes. <laughs> that makes perfect sense to me. All in. Um, do you uh, do you foresee Andy as becoming a um, you know, a solid touring pro in the, in the years ahead because he seems to have made steps up. If that uh, progression continues, can he become something that we all hear a lot more about? Yeah, I think at this level, everyone has a good chance. So I think there's some stuff we need to work on. Mentally, he's incredibly strong. He's probably one of the grittiest people I've ever met. Uh, and that just goes a long way. So when everything else catches up, yeah, there's no reason why he can't go above and beyond. And one last question about the Vision 2025 sort of side of this. Yep. What would you like to see happen with um, you know, young girls following in your footsteps? Even if they haven't had a touring career, can they become successful teaching pros? Oh, absolutely. The PGA, the WPGA, uh, they've um, got a lot of good initiatives happening in the future um, that they're all just starting up now. You see it all in the media now. Uh, the PGA obviously have their pathway, their traineeship. Um, into that and it's great pathway clubs are always looking for female managers female pros female coaches um, yep clubs are yep asking for that yeah so lots of opportunity an opportunity for you mate it's a good segue you you, you have the world at your feet here are you going to take all these Pennant Hills mafia with you as you go around the world oh it'd be nice we'll see what happens with COVID but yeah <laughs> get a bus or something or you can buy a plane yeah you're one of the most supported amateurs i've seen around the traps <laughs> yeah well, it helps this week we're, we're close but um like close to Bennett hills but but they follow you on social media and they yeah oh, we're pretty we're a mm. tight-knit club and um and i work in a shop so i know and i know everyone so no they're super supportive and um no it is really good to have their support it's been a thrill to watch you develop and play so well lately and hopefully it keeps continues for a while. And, Rachel, really appreciate your time on Inside the Ropes. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having us. It was great. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Hazy. Cheers, guys. And we'll have more after the break.
With Australian Golf Media, you're back inside the ropes. Welcome back to the show. Uh, obviously a fantastic New South Wales Open. Uh, so many more stories that we could probably tell. I think you've probably got hours in you. I, ha- I actually enthusiasm have. for this is off the charts. Well, I, did men- we, I failed to mention another couple of names before I pick up on yep. Rachel Bailey yep. here a second ago. I did want to make mention of, um, and it was mentioned by Bryden, uh, Jack Thompson, who he, he's going to win things too. And uh, he's another one. Yeah. Mm. Just he's going really, really impressively well, I would say to you. And um, Nathan, uh, Nathan, Justin Warren, um, who's, you know, was off the grid for a while doing college and no one really knew, but he's just starting to find his form and he's, his best on Friday was really good too. Mm. So I was, I was just struck by a lot of players up there. I just want to make mention of those two. Just pull yourself back now. You'll be oh, here no. all day. Yeah. Just be mentioned. We enough. were lucky so to get you go. back from Sydney by the sounds. I know. Hey? Well, I enjoyed talking to Rachel Bailey there. Great, um, Stace. I mean, I she was super impressive. As is Andy Richards. You, you've had a bit to do with Rachel. You might have even played with her. Yeah, I have. Uh, yeah, from our amateur days and a little bit professionally as well. But yeah, more later had quite a bit to do with her in the coaching side of things. Obviously, she does a lot out at uh, Pennant Hills. Um, which is fantastic, and but she's one of the most passionate coaches and passionate and, I guess, wanting to learn. We've utilised her in some of the high-performance programs, like taking teams away and some squad days and stuff like that. But any opportunity there is to learn, Rachel is the first to put her hand up. She just jumps at it. Whether it doesn't matter what it's going to cost, she'll make it happen, um, which I just love seeing that. Yeah, yeah It's awesome. Yeah. Um, Carrie Webb was on the show last week, and I know you've got her name jotted down over there to um, mention again. So do that now. Yeah, so Carrie Webb series was finalised after uh, the Western Australian Stroke Play, Barron O'Day event um, that was finalised. Obviously, it had a little different spin on it this year because of COVID and it wasn't sort of, I guess, set out the way uh, that it usually is. Um, so this year, it was going to be one selection. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Kari and Golf Australia and then won straight off the world rankings. And yes, that Kari did, like, obviously Kari follows the events a lot, but, you know, the results were taken into consideration, but it just wasn't going to be the be-all and end-all. Um, but Kirsten Rudgley from Western Australia has got that uh, selection, the Kari Webb selection. There's another name that Hazy likes throwing into just about every single episode <laughs> of Inside the Ropes. Because she's won this, she's won that. I mean, she won she won Port Phillip, she won Big Stroke Play, she won the South Australian Classic. Um, she's had a fantastic six, seven months. So I think that selection was uh, probably a no-brainer for Kari, really. Mixed it well with the men at TPS and Rosebud mm. back in the key amateur events in Perth as well. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Year. She had some great results in the professional events in WA as well, the mm. WA Open. City um, of Perth there. amateur. Yeah, she did. Um, and the other recipient will be Grace Kim. Mm-hmm. For for this year, so yeah, those wow. girls you can imagine they're going to be very excited to. Again, we don't know how it's going to look. Whether that is going to be spending some time with Kari, some mentoring throughout the year from Kari, obviously some financial assistance, um, you know, to uh, assist with travel or development opportunities. But yeah, what an exciting thing for those two. This is the fourth year in a row Grace Kim's had the. Had is it that four now? Four now. She didn't get to take it up last year because yeah. of COVID, but. Mm. She jetted off to Augusta National, Andy, so she's playing the, the women's amateur there. Yeah. Um, finally get the opportunity that was taken from her last year. Um, this will be the last time she's available for amateur ranks, I'm sure. We it's hope sure, so, sure eh? certain, mm. so. I actually uh, I actually got to chat to Gracie this morning um, while she was in Augusta. She hasn't uh, set foot down Magnolia Lane just yet, but mm. 
all Gracie's very excited just about the player gifts that they've received so far. <laughs> As you would <laughs> so be. So it's only going to get better for Gracie yeah, this week, isn't awesome. it? That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Uh, other bits and pieces. We didn't. We were going through all the. As, as we said at the start, a very busy week on the World Golfing Tour. The PJ, you may have been. You can be forgiven for uh, not seeing the fact that there was a PJ Tour event played this week, the Punta Cana Classic. Just fun saying that. You love that. You're a big fan of the Dominican Republic. You always have been. I like their baseballers. Yes. They do produce some nice baseball talent. Pipeline to Fenway Park. My word, there has been when we're a good team. (laughs) Uh, Joel Damon wins over there. The Australians had a forgettable weekend. Bads was our best finisher, I think, in the 40 somewhere. So He was. Rian Gibson made the cut. Yep. Um, Unfortunately, I'm not not 100% sure of this. Stace may or may not know. Lucas Herbert missed the cut along with Chalmers and Sendon. But I think, was he on standby? To be in Austin, is that right? I'm actually not sure. Not sure. Okay, right. Sorry, I heard that he would. He might have um, been. Apologies, there. He might have been the next cab well, off the right, rank. Okay, yeah. And I, I might be completely wrong here, but I, I'm not sure if the Dominican Republic got the best attentions of Lucas Herbert. Well, I don't think it did. I think you can you can probably assess just by the numbers that it, that they didn't. Um, we've been over in Africa a bit, haven't we? The European tour was in Kenya again. Um, we didn't have a great week over there. Scotty Hendon, uh, Mav Ancliffe were the two representatives, both finished in the 40 somewhere. Yep. Uh, some South African beat Jazz Jane Water Nanond. Who? I got that right, didn't I? Jane Water Nanond. You've, you've been so. Jazz Jane Water Nanond. This is the best thing about COVID for you, is you haven't been a- a- offending oh, Thai people around the world. They're, I love their names. I just do have issues. But Jazz Jane Water Nanond. That's I'm the gonna make you, I hope I'm going to make you feel better, better on this one, Andy. Um, when I was starting the tea down at Vic Open, mm-hmm. I had Jazz yeah. on, oh. on my tea, right? And um, let's say I ran through it with him before he uh, was called to the tea. Yeah. And then he had to, after I said it, he had to compose himself before he hit oh, again because he was laughing oh, so much. Oh, like, I know. So I'm, I'm not mean, even going to try, Murray. I hope I'm not being disrespectful yeah. here, Jan- and I don't mean to be at all. Andy. Yeah. Jana Wittonanond. Jana won. <laughs> Jana Wittonanond. You should have heard me oh, on the team. Jana so. Wittonanond. You just said it a different way than you said it before. No, I didn't. Yeah, Jana Wittonanond. Now you've done it twice in a row. <laughs> Ah, uh, so the Australians didn't have a great time of it in the, on the PJ Tour or the European Tour. Any other little bits and pieces before we get out of here? Yeah, um, I've got a couple. I, I did, with reference to Lucas Herbert, mm. sorry, have you got something? No, no, that's it for me. I'm done. With reference to Lucas Herbert, um, the Olympics are coming up fast uh, and the men's is getting really interesting from an Australian perspective. Yep. I'm not sure what you think about this, Andy. but no, I'm not sure we should be in the Olympics. But anyway, that's okay. <laughs> The now we once probably had two or three potential men's candidates. The women's is all you know; it's not locked and loaded, but it's getting closer with Minji ten and Hannah twenty one, and then a big gap back to Catherine Kirk. The men's twenty nine: Adam Scott, Cam Smith thirty two, thirty eight: Mark Leishman forty eight: Jason Day fifty four: Matt Jones seventy five: Lucas Herbert, and then a couple others in the low one hundreds. But one good week now, and our Olympic team changes. In a heartbeat. Mm. It was really interesting. It uh, is. Like, do they all want to go? Well, I had a chat with, with uh, Matt Jones after he won uh, last week, and, and I said, Olympics on your mind, and he, and he sort of giggled a bit like you did then. But then he said, actually, I, would like, I wouldn't mind being an Olympian. You know, it would, it would be nice to be an Olympian. Um, I'm not going to lie. It's not something that he thinks has always been an Olympic sport, but uh, he had the opportunity to go to Rio yep. and turned it down. Yeah. And, and 
in hindsight, I think he thinks that that was a mistake. And if he gets in a position, he's 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 right there. Yeah, 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 yeah. he's really put himself there. And yeah, our communication with him has been that um, yeah he would be keen to go. So. Yeah. So okay. that's that's, yep. in, that's interesting. I know I know everyone's got different thoughts about yeah, it. Yeah, and it's not yeah for sure. Yeah. Um, and now, Stace, we've got a big week coming up this week on the women's side of the game. Mm, ANA inspiration, mm. major time. Mm. Um, yeah, anytime there's a major on the cards, it's exciting, isn't it? Um, but especially when we've got six Aussies that'll be over there this week and uh, young gung uh, Gabby Ruffles in the field this year um, due to her top uh, top 20 finish last year gets you into the following year. Yeah, she was right in it the whole way. Oh, last year, what, uh, maybe finished 13th or something yeah, last year? Yeah, top 15, yep. So she's got to be feeling great. We've got uh, Sarah Kemp, uh, Hannah Green, Minji Lee, Catherine Kirk and Suo also teeing up this week. So that'll be a fun one to watch. And, it will be. And they've taken away, Andy, the blue curtain behind the 18th green. Oh, that ridiculous thing. Great. The wall. Good. Great. Yes. So the water's in play. So the water definitely will be mm. in play. And I was talking to one of the girls uh, this morning, actually, and they said that they've actually shaved all of the bank. Good. All of the bank. So it is really going to be like a risk-reward. Yeah, good. Let's not just slam it into that grandstand. Well, not even – you kind of call it a grandstand. It was a wall, wasn't it? Was it was stupid. It was just – It was just. I mean, the whole design of the hole was rendered redundant by yeah. putting Correct. the thing there. It was stupid. Yeah. So hopefully, uh, yeah, we see that come into play, mm. you know, on the back nine on Sunday. Good. Three more domestic things from me, Andy, and then I'm done. You've been fly. You've missed this show. I have. I was. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I've yeah. got so much yeah. going on. Is one of these going to be something to do with New South or? No, I'm, I'm, I've done my quota <laughs> of New South Wales. I would, I want to mention we're recording this on Tuesday, and there's a lot going on on the COVID front. As you know, it'll happen every five minutes. So take this with a grain of salt, depending on when you're listening. But for all the latest information on what's happening with golf clubs and facilities around Brisbane, um, Southeast Queensland. Check out the Golf Australia website, golf.org.au forward slash directives. We'll have the latest information about what can, you can and can't do at your club. Quickly being updated when news changes. Rapidly yep. and, and Great. I expect up to 10 times this week that'll change. Good. Okay. Um, yep. it's, it's, you, you, you must have. You must check that before you go. Yep. Um, I wanted to congratulate June Song on winning the Barano Day that Stace mentioned before in Perth. That was a, that was a great result for the young Sydney cider. Now, this month coming up, Annie, we'll be in April. Any tick of the clock here now, depending on when you're listening to it, we might already be there. Stace, this is my golf uh, girls' month. Did, did you know that? We're gearing up for April, and with that, we'll be launching my golf girls' month, and we're highlighting girls playing golf for the month to promote their participation and raise awareness of this program so others can get involved and get out there to enjoy their golf, and they can do this through the My Golf Girls program. Yeah, that's awesome. Obviously, this is my golf month. Um, but how do we get involved, Hazy? Like, is there, do we use a hashtag? Do yeah, we... yeah. On social media, you use a hashtag, which is hashtag mygolfgirls, all one word. And make sure you tag us, which is Golf Australia, at Golf Australia, so we can reshare it with everyone as well. Awesome. Well, there we can, uh, us in here, uh, yeah, can obviously keep spreading the word. And, I mean, I'm sure Kel Lewis does something. I mean, I know our club does, but, uh, yeah. Just your club, Hazy? Yeah, yeah. Kalewis has got a uh, boys and girls program plus um, a girls-only program. So, I mean, I think we're pretty progressive at Kalewis Day, so I'm really happy that we've got both. Yeah, that's great because I guess not all clubs offer just the girls-specific, do they? I guess when we at Golf Australia have done some research, we realised that a lot of girls like learning with girls. Mm. And so this is why we have targeted this. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's really important, I think, that girls are, are comfortable in that environment 
uh, and we really would like more clubs to offer those girls-only programs. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, My Golf Girls Month in April, it's a great time to start. Great time for Perfect. your club to be involved. Great share, time of the year. Share the stories, Andy. It's a great time of the year. We love it. We love um, autumn. It's a perfect time to be out there. Magnificent. Perfect. Well, let's get our girls out playing, hey? Oh, that's just you two have been magnificent the way you've done that. I think it's really it's natural. Like you're on a script, reading off a script or something, the way you just sort of punch that out. Oh, it's just, that's how oh, Hazy and I perfect. work together, Mo. Great. You're a great team. There's no doubt about it. Um, we are just about done. In fact, we are done. Good to see you back. I'm totally cooked. <laughs> Stace, keep Thank going over there. Thank keep doing you. what you're I supposed hope... to be doing and may there be more of it. Thank you. Surely I've got a couple more episodes in me, I would have thought so. Yeah. I would have thought so. Uh, that's it. Thanks for being part of it. Inside the Ropes, episode number 201. Have a great week in golf. Back next week, do it all again.